everybody, and welcome to Volume 3, Issue 138 of the Cane and Rinse podcast. You can play along with Cane and Rinse Volume 3. Our next five issues are Fire Emblem Awakening, System Shock 2, then it's the Chronicles of Riddick, Escape from Butcher Bay, and Assault on Dark Athena, Snatcher, and then Tony's hosting Viva Pinata, Trouble in Paradise. You can head to caneandrinse.com for the full schedule, the blog, links to our merchandise store, get your t-shirts while it's hot, Facebook, Google+, and our lovely YouTube channel. Don't forget that one. And also, don't forget to subscribe, review, and rate us on iTunes. And I believe, I noticed, it's not that I believe it, I saw it for myself (laughs) with my own eyes on Stitcher Radio. You can review us on there as well. Somebody has. They gave us a lovely review. So, if you're a Stitcher kind of person... Uh, head on there and say nice things about us if you want. I was listening, or not. listening to us on Stitcher just the other day. Were you? Yeah, I was. Okay, yeah. so that works. It then. works. Good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue, as you heard there, it's Tony Atkins. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. Feels like it's been a while. Yeah, kids, man, kids. <laughs> yeah, kids, gardening. <laughs> life. Illness, weather, life. Uh, and Jason Taylor. How do and Sean O'Brien. Hello, hello. Or Dan, according to yeah. some of his friends, I notice, <laughs> which is confusing. A select few. Okay. Can we be in the group? No. No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Tear away. Uh, so this was um, not planned that we did kind of two 3D uh, cutish platformers <laughs> back to back. It's just one of those things. It occasionally happens. Um We've obviously covered Media Molecule before. If you want to go back and listen to our Little Big Planet 1 and 2 podcast, that was issue 104. Or just search Little Big Planet or one word on the search box on our very handy website. Obviously, Sony published this. Um, It was made in the UK. uh, And came out uh, towards the end of 2013. Mm. Yeah. So... Mm. That's a re- that's really quite a new game for us, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with uh, how and when we picked it up. Obviously, this is a one-format game, making things easier than usual. It is a Vita game, but you might have bought it on a cartridge. <laughs> if they are they even called cartridges? Cards? I don't even know. Vita things, tabs, tabs, oh, yeah. uh, pretty big as a tab, uh, <laughs> or a download. Sean, I uh, played it earlier this year. Um, I think it came out, I want to say like a week after the PS4 came out last year. Mm. So I didn't really have an extra 60 or I guess 40 bucks um, for Tearaway at the time. Yeah, I think it came out the same day as the Xbox One in the States. Yeah, um. it was, they, they, the Sony just totally seemed like they were throwing it out to die, which seemed like a, mm. a uh, you know sign of things you know for the game. So I, I wasn't, I was worried about it because I loved um <laughs> Little Big Planet One, Two, and Vita. So big yeah. media molecule fan. So, I, I, but I, I had to wait a little while before I got into it, and I yeah, eventually ended up playing it this year. And uh, was that? Did you did so? Did you download it or did you buy it in a box? I rented it. Oh, rented it. Okay, yeah. Fair enough. So you're part of the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't actually looked up sales for this game, but uh, I think not good. Point, yeah, uh, beginning of this year it was zero point three six million. That's not necessarily yeah, I don't as know. bad Vita. as I thought. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, and does that, that include downloads as well? There's probably been a lot more since then because it's been discounted and, mm. uh, and it's now actually had a permanent price reduction um, as of last week. Um, but okay, so about a third of a million, maybe nudging half a million now. And uh, Tony, did you buy it? Uh, or were you too busy playing on your PS4 and Xbox One? <laughs> well, oh, yeah, I, I, I did buy those two, too, but whether I was too busy playing them, I don't know. But um, <laughs> no, I I, um, I purchased this three weeks ago. So Did you? Yes. You uh, £14. Committed to uh, coming on the podcast, you decided but to play it. But it, that, I mean, it was one of the ones that we you know we saw on the list and I said, I, I really want to play it. I, I heard plenty of people... Um, you know, I respect their opinions. Have have talked very highly about the game. Um, my track record with Media Morrigal were a little up and down with the Little Big Planet series, but I I've always liked their style, so I wanted to try Tear Away and maybe fix some of the issues which I had from their previous games. Not that you should ever judge anything against necessarily their previous games, but you know, I was a little concerned on launch, so I I, I waited a while. Yeah, um, I was too yeah. in terms of controls and things, yeah. but um. You know, the Vita for me never gets enough love. Um, so it seemed a good time to actually purchase the cartridge. So I think it was £14 I paid for it. So not a lot at all, really. Got the platinum? Nope. No. <laughs> nope. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, so I played it three weeks ago. Okay. Uh, Jay, technically, you don't even own a Vita. No, wow. no, I didn't. Um, but, you know, I had a hand in uh, coercion. <laughs> if you will, for the person that did buy, but um, yeah, it's it's one of them things. I'd, I'd like kind of like Sean, big fan of the studio themselves. So I take an interest in, in you know what's going on with them. So as soon as the trailer for this game hit in like last year, it was uh, actually 2012, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, Gamescom. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, I just ah oh, brilliant. I got to see. You know, I was just totally sold on it but then it was like how the hell am i gonna play it so <laughs> but um yeah near the time fortunately the, there was quite a good deal where they had um the vita uh tear away and lbp all as like a bundle so <laughs> you know my wife was looking at getting a vita because she wanted something to play at lunchtime so it was like there you go perfect this is the key part <laughs> yeah <Why>? exactly <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> And so, yeah, it's sort of like, you know, when she doesn't need it at weekends, you know. <laughs> Plus the fact, well, because yeah, I've got my PS Plus account, you know, it all, it all mm. ties into everything. Mm-hmm. So it's just... Um, you played it in um, bits, I think you were saying. You started it off a while ago and then yeah, finished it off I for think, the podcast. Now, I've been kind of thinking about this because this is kind of the way I am with handheld consoles. I'm e- too easily... And I think it's always been my sticking point with handhelds. Mm, I've mine. always had this... Uh, and this plays into what I saw somebody writing on the forum was this thing where I get distracted by what I've got on the the prime co- the primary consoles, if you will. So mm. you know, playing online, I, n- not really good enough in excuses these days because these things go online just as well as the others, just not as epic, if you will. Mm. Um, but there was there was always, always a distraction. There's always something else to play, and I started playing it, and it was just putting it down here and there, and then uh, partly due to the podcast, you sort of commit to. I'm going to finish it. And, but once you get past a certain point, that was it. I was, I was quite into it and, um, you know, put the headphones on and just off you go. Mm. Um, but it's always been this thing with handhelds, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I bought a Vita, I guess it was, uh, yeah, some, something over a year ago. Um, and tear away came out as we say around the time of the other consoles. Um, 
And so, yes, money was going out in that direction, rather. Um, this was a game that was released at uh, a lower uh, recommended retail price um, than usual, £20 over here. Um, you could buy it in a box or download it for the same price. Um, but I waited. I held off until it was in a sale. Um, it still hasn't appeared on as a freebie on Plus, but I'm sure it will mm-hmm. at some point. But mm-hmm. I bought it, I think, when it dropped in a... Was it in the New Year sale or something to about eleven ninety nine or something yeah. like that? 12 quid. Um, and that was good enough for me. And I, I did... I, I started playing it back in about March. I just played the first couple of levels just to see. And then uh, I've been back to it since. Um, and not only have I finished it, but I've also been back and 100%ed a few of the levels. Mm-hmm. But not all of them. I think my overall completion percentage is like 80-something, so... There's still a few uh, uh, uncoloured in papercraft <laughs> objects in the world to collect and uh, certainly some confetti um, laying around the corners and presents as well. Um, now, I was looking into the crew behind this game earlier um, rather than just assuming it was all exactly the same people as LBP because uh, I don't think it was. Um, the The first credited designer on this is Rex Kroll, uh, sometimes known as Rexbox, and he's actually an ex-Lionhead guy. Um, he worked with Peter Molyneux on Black and White, Fable, and the movies. Um, so that's sort of interesting in itself. Uh, David Smith also worked on it, one of the Media Molecule founders. Um, the next name on the designer credit list is Swan Martin Raje, I'm going to say, um, who came from Ubisoft, where he'd worked on From Dust and Zombie U. Um, and another interesting name in the credits uh, to me certainly was John Beach, who was the guy I think we alluded to in the Little Big Planet show. He was a guy who made such spectacularly brilliant Little Big Planet levels <laughs> as a user um, that he uh, he gave up his job as a um, I can't remember some some you know some perfectly uh, respectable but quite mundane manual job uh, to go and work for Media Molecule. Um, which is, you know, pretty cool, yeah. I would say, uh, to get, you know, to be offered that off the back of, um, you know, off that stuff. Um, animation director is a guy called uh, Louis Dante, and he uh, is a, uh, primarily has worked as a TV animator in the past um, on a, a, a foreign series, I don't know, called Sweesters um, and Tron Uprising, um, but has also worked on Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions and, uh, oh, he worked on Transformers Prime as well. Um, so an experienced animator. And of course, the music, which we will talk about separately, um, was uh, a lot of the work of Brian Oliveira, who we uh, sang the praises of for his Papo EO mm-hmm. soundtrack. Um, and also Kenneth C.M. Young, who I think did the non-licensed bits of Little Big Planet, or certainly, certainly some of them anyway. So what is Tearaway? Uh, yes, I suppose you'd call it a 3D platformer, but I suppose the key thing... Um, is that it is entirely, or not entirely, but very much built around the specific uh, capa- uh, capabilities of the Vita console. Now, uh, just yeah, would that not worry any of you thinking about the days of, you know, cramming, balancing mini-games into six-axis <laughs> controllers and some of the stuff they did on Vita with Uncharted? Oh, um, this yeah. game... Yeah, so this game has a lot of touchscreen, touchpad, camera stuff, accelerometer stuff. For any of you, was that an issue, or do you, or because it's so fundamental to the experience? Mm. It, well, I know for me, at beforehand, um, 
I pretty much trusted Media Molecule of if, if any studio to be creative without being intrusive. Um, I think they, they would be the ones that would pull it off. And I think they actually did a really good job. And I know um, on the reveal, they had something where the reveal trailer showed like you could blow into the Vita at one point and it would mm. uh, blow them around. And everybody was kind of like, eh, I don't know about that. DS was doing that yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. And everyone yeah. was People like, kind of got bored of it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So they, I know they took that out, but. Um, I, There's a couple of bits where it records your voice, yeah. which I, I actually thought was really cute. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think first, really... first, first mention of cute there. Yeah, uh, look, there it is. <laughs> look out also for, for the drinking game word of charming <laughs> in this issue. Um, yeah, so, but do you know what I mean? For me, uh, although, uh, you know, I was intrigued by the look of this, uh, as, as I've said before, I'm not somebody who uh, I don't, I won't watch endless trailers or footage or read too much about a game before I play it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just seen little bits of uh, snippets of footage. And, uh, I, you know, I like the look of this paper craft world and the way that the animation looked like a, a kind of stop motion animation. It, mm-hmm. had a, it had a nostalgic kids TV quality about it. But I think I was a little concerned about, you know, while stuff like poking your fingers into the world looked like a lot of fun mm-hmm. and gave you a real sense of, of power and, and ultimately your relationship with this game world and, you know, you being in the real world is kind of the whole, right. the whole, the whole thing, yeah. the whole, the whole thing of this game. Um, I do find, you know, I did find this is my first, my first issue with the game is just sometimes touching the touchpad on the back of the screen. You know stuff like yeah. uh, uh, you know the back the rear touchpad, mm-hmm. making something happen that I don't want to happen at that exact mm-hmm. moment, and things like that. I, I had a bit of a both reaction actually. I, I played this game a couple of times before actually playing it proper. Um, I played it at Gamescom and uh, Eurogamer, mm. I think it was. Um, and my experiences there were exactly that. I felt that uh, just this you know cut section out, and it was trying to show the game mechanics in a relatively short period of time. And at and that point, it did feel very much like it was, um, you know, here's all the features of the Vita. And as much as I, I really liked the Uncharted game on, on Vita, that suffered, you know, quite quite badly at the hands of Sony mm-hmm. trying to, um, you know, make sure that every feature of that system was, you know, was showcased. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a little um, apprehensive upon playing the, the game for proper that that was going to be the case but I, I think actually playing the game through as a whole i think they they get the balance about right um nothing really outstays its welcome there was a couple of push through the world's moments where i couldn't get it quite right but I, I kind of felt it was more user error than than the game just messing up um occasionally they don't quite tell you sometimes it, it looks like something might be touched you could touch and move in the world and it's actually using the accelerometer to move mm. a block across when I've been, you know, sitting there for five seconds trying to push it across <laughs> with my fingers and and not, but like, like I said, I think they get about the right balance of mm. of using, the, you know, highlighting what is available on a Vita, Vita without actually just saying that like, this is a tech demo, guys. Mm. I, I totally understand why they did it, but you can, you know, it it feels sometimes a little restrictive and you know there are only there are certain places where you can put your fingers in the world there Mm. are certain things you can touch i kind of felt like it would be more tactile if you could just kind of almost in a in the style of like knobby knobby boy or something just muck around with stuff just move it around i realize Um, they did um there's a 
couple of okay. interviews that um, Edge and stuff have done Polygon, and they do mm. actually talk about this. There was a, a early on in the game's development, they wanted the ability. Uh, if you, you can actually find video of this, where they use your fingers to basically cut holes in the world, and yeah, they right. could do this at any point. But the problem, he said, it, it, it totally ruined the flow of the game. They couldn't. Yeah, yeah there was just gameplay issues with with people having total freedom as to how they yeah. could interact but yeah i can imagine that um right. and i suppose then you end you have to put in a thing which is like a reset status yeah. uh, uh, takes away the flow mm. control yeah but um i mean i would say then what would what would the game be like if you took a lot of those features out i think it would lose yeah. a, a mm-hmm. significant amount of chance some i think a lot some of the touch stuff maybe like opening parcels etc that could have easily done by a button and even on occasion some of the jumping you naturally felt you wanted to to do it via a button and, and not on a bounce pad or the back of the pad mm. but i never really had major issues with that and i found it more charming than distracting which i think mm-hmm. is probably the the white right way around but other stuff so you could see how it works in like, the committee meeting but the stuff is you being the person in the sun I was mm. playing it quite often in a darkened room at night, and oh. it was just just this black black orb. <laughs> <laughs> just I am the black hole of the sun. Come join <laughs> me, which is kind of it made me laugh. Um, so some of that stuff didn't quite work to, as as you know meant, but hey. <laughs> yeah, I had obviously one of the one of the key features of the game is uh, is taking pictures of the world around yeah. you to mm. be pasted as textures onto other things and uh i was playing <laughs> i was playing the game sitting on the toilet the other day and, uh, and i and i did briefly contemplate making a turd cow but uh but in the end so i made wrong. it a plug i made it a plug hole cow but, um yeah so it does some of it is very circumstantial uh in that respect mm. see I, I didn't have any problem with that i really liked all that stuff i love yeah. the jumping where you're banging on top uh, yeah. on the back of the screen i really i makes a nice sound yeah i mm-hmm. just really got into it i really quite like messing around with it i just thought it was just uh, yeah I, just... I also think that the fingers through the back of the world in those sections it took me a couple of times just to you know check out the fingernails again. Is that really my fingers? <laughs> yeah. like, is, it, is it somewhere I've got a Definitely camera not. there? Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but that that was really charming. It, it really mm. was, and moving the blocks around and, and that worked very well. So yeah. you know, I think props to that. It, in many respects, you you, you know, um, Little Big Planet has always been criticised for some of its more mechanical based stuff. Um, but it, you know, rock and a hard place. We've been there and talked about that. Um, and I think they were very eager. To, to look at a lot of those those things that have been criticised from Little Big Planet and address them, and I think the jumping was one of them. And I I think they mm. they hit a fairly nice hard halfway house where it can't be precise because you're doing it like this. Um, mm. And I think it worked fairly there's, well. It should be said there's plenty of non uh, back back touch yeah, jumping true. as well. There's yeah. plenty of X button uh, mm. jumping. Although it's I, interesting. I, I like how that comes in much later in the game because I felt like at first because you can't jump for uh, what is like the I don't know third, first fourth or so mm-hmm. of the game, and I felt like I almost felt like that was me demonically saying, "All right, guys, you didn't like the jumping in Little Big Planet. We got it." All right, so you're not going to jump at all. <laughs> no jumping <laughs> in this one. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I, what I would say is that um, certainly uh, overall control over your character, uh, male or female, messenger, envelope head, um, is w- way tighter and sharper than yeah. sack boy or sack girl in in Little Big Planet. Um, there's none of that sort of loose floatiness or unpredictable arc. Um, Obviously, sometimes the the touch stuff can have its own issues, but death is virtually unpunished in mm. this game, which is uh, another another issue I have with the game is that it it has virtually no challenge whatsoever. Mm. Um, 
there you know there are some bits where you can fall off you can occasionally get swamped by uh, these little enemy boxes but um that becomes easier and easier to manage as you learn the game and there's you know coming off the back as i have done for for this podcast this year of things like you know other 3d platformers like banjo kazooie um there's just very little uh, actual you know sort of um, gauntlet thrown down yeah but it years. was never meant to be though was yeah. it it's never a game that was designed to compete with those with those titles it's not I'm sure, but I'm saying that as a personal preference, yeah, if yeah. I'm playing this sort of game, I'd like to. I, I don't just necessarily want to just kind of breeze through it. Cause, and well, it yeah, because and... I mean, I, I, it, it occurred to me because I, I actually just finished it this this morning, but it's, it it occurred to me how easy it was, and it was one of the first sort of games, probably of only a handful that I've actually completed on handheld. But it's. I kind of thought about the difficulty and thinking like this was actually quite easy, but I like that. <laughs> you know, mm. as well, I was, this is not your genre, is it? Really? No, but, like, it, but it's, you're not somebody who played banjo. No, and I, I felt that the um, the difficulty is going to come into a hundred percent in all the levels. You know, and, mm. and going after the trophies. That, not it, that, even. That, I. It's it's not. There are some bits. There are some bits where you really have to go off the beaten track mm. to get. Uh, yeah. to find the presence um, and the extra confetti. I mean, and again, for me, the, the confetti collecting was kind of really, um, you know, it didn't have the interest of tracking down, locating, say, the, the, the red coins in a Mario or the, or the, or the notes mm. in a Banjo-Kazooie. It's just kind of, it's like old school, you know, th- Western 3D platformer collecting where stuff is just hovering and, you know, you walk through it. And I like the fact that it remembers the ones you've collected mm-hmm. and you only have to get the ones you haven't collected before to complete the level. But for me, there was no real there was no real pleasure in yeah, hoovering I, up that I, stuff. I do know what you mean, but at, <clears throat> at the same time, I, I can't really see it as a criticism of the game. I just, you know, some games are hard, some games are, are meant to be easy. I, I think if there was a live system or it starts you back at the very start of the world, you know, that's one of those things that probably would have just in the end frustrated me. Not that I, mm. I died too many times, but I think if I'd thrown back, you know, 10 minutes away from where I started, I'd have been a bit more like, oh, Jesus. I um, suppose I was looking more challenge from, you know, maybe puzzle related challenge mm. or, or something like that. I, that that uh, I agree with. Yeah, that. Those are all very, very, it's very much, you know, touch the screen to tilt the platform. Mm. There's nothing that really takes <clears> any working out, even though I quite like mm. the fact that, you know, it throws a lot of ideas away. So, like tilting, um, you know, you can touch the silver areas on silverish areas to to open up platforms mm-hmm. or paths or tilt things, and that uh, there's quite a few sort of um, configurations of stuff that that's only used once or twice. Mm-hmm. And I like that. There's the one where you pun- punch two thring- fingers through the bottom of the world and spin those mm-hmm. cogs around. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's ever used again. Yeah. Um, and the, and when you turn into a, a, a Metroid style morph ball and and you have to go down this um, sort of uh, series of shoots and things um it's all quite fun in itself but again there's just no it, it's just obvious what you need to do and where you mm-hmm. need to go and I, I i realize it's a fine line because i wouldn't have liked it if it was if it was completely lacking in signposting or it yeah it was back to the start of the well, level little bit planet as well you got you know five attempts yeah and yeah yeah that was sometimes <laughs> really frustrating yeah and and but I just I just felt like it was it was just a, a, a cakewalk, and I know mm. maybe the experience is the thing, but I just I never felt I I, I didn't feel stimulated enough by it. Mm. I know. Like, well, what, yeah. what, what I was what I was thinking is the um, the confetti. You were talking about how it's you know it's not like Assassin's Creed or something where it's just or it is like that to you where it's just kind of stuff is just there. Um, mm. But for me, like the what Tearaway was for me was more about like the presentation and the story. 
And I kind of felt yeah. like the like going around looking for all that confetti stuff kind of showed you other areas that you were normally not have seen. So it kind of showed mm-hmm. you more of the mm-hmm. world. So in that way, I kind of liked what the confetti trails were doing. Yeah, that's that's the classic use of collectibles, really. That's that's what they yeah, should I think be there. The presents, like some of the some of the late levels have like ten or twelve um, secret presents, or uh, what are they called. I think they're just called other things to do, yeah. aren't they? The sort of side quests, <laughs> um, and some of those are quite. You know, there's there's a lot of cute ones. Whether it's you know um, collecting or smashing cheese for a for a, a lactose intolerant mouse or or, or yeah, whatever <laughs> decorating somebody, <laughs> taking photos for somebody, something like that. Um, there are quite a few of these which do go off the beaten track. Um, but again, individually, they're you know finding them might be actually you know looking for the secret path does offer some challenge mm. and trying to work out where all the 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 white paper uh, craft objects are sometimes you might miss one or two but again yeah just it it never felt like i really got in deep in the same way as i have done with other sort of 3d mm. platformers so it felt it felt and i'm sure this is you know by design it felt more based around the gimmicks of the vita than uh you know a platform a 3d platformer that you can really get stuck in with but the problem is right getting on to the the stuff which i think we'll all you know, uh, agree was lovely. It was the, the that visual side and the, and you know the papercraft world and the and the stop frame animation. But I actually think that the fact that it you didn't really have to explore it is fairly linear and and all that sort of thing actually didn't aid me believing in this in this gorgeous world. I'm I'm going to entirely back you up actually on this. Um, I I've seen lots of. You know, correspondence and people talking about this and, and falling in love with the world, which I think is very easy to do. Um, but I see a lot of correspondence just about the world. And like you, Leon, I, I kind of, I certainly appreciated all the, the artistic design, but and all the gameplay mechanics. I thought were you know neatly implemented, but I didn't have that utterly kind of fall in love with everything mm. in it. Um, and so you you had the explore. I, I, the first couple of worlds, I. I did. I went out with the, off the beaten track. I was going up in every nook and cranny, and I didn't really feel any kind of drive to do that. In the later part of the game, the story kind of picked up pace, and I was kind of more into that. So I, I kind of ended up just kind of streamlining and mainlining the back half of the game, and and actually maybe a, a detriment to myself and and not seeing more of what the game had to offer. But like you're saying, I kind of felt like that stuff was was kept a little bit of the distance, which is. Odd because for all little big planet's faults, I kind of I really enjoyed going out my way, you know, a bit a bit higher and off a different swing and everything to find all the the things, even if they were a bit more pointless necessarily than than what little big planet is a little um, terraway is. Jay, Sean, you yeah, I think you both you both adored this world as as, as much yeah, as many. Yeah, I, I didn't uh, feel any disconnect in or, or in any way. I I really just kind of. It sucked me in from the beginning. Well, I say sucked me in from the beginning. There was obviously the moment where I kept putting it down for long periods of time. But you know, blame Dark Souls for that. But it's, um, but no, it's like once I actually sat down and started playing it, it's it's just I just found myself going around talking to everybody in that world and doing Mm. so kind of made me kind of buy into the whole thing Mm. because these little characters and they all had a, you know, the the sort of the quirky sense of humor in what they were saying and stuff. Mm. And, and, you know, there's some, some uh, like, particularly when you go to the Harbor, you know, some of the stuff they come out with is just nonsense. It's just 
useless. <laughs> like they've, they've got nothing to say, but they just come out with this little quip or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I, I bought into it. I, I didn't have a problem with the world at all. I just, yeah. Yeah, me either. I, um, I know earlier you were mentioning Leon, uh, stuff like Banjo Kazooie and Mario Galaxy and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. for me, I haven't. I kind of fell out with Nintendo, and. So I haven't played many cute games or many fun games. So I think, like, <laughs> like you know, I'm used to shooting everybody in the face or, or you know, slicing people up. And um, so I think, like, for me, it was a relief kind of to be, like, in mm. this totally colorful, nobody is, there's no combat or, you know, kind of is with the scrap characters. But, you know, it just it was, it was all so nice and so, you know, endearing. The thing is... I- I, I absolutely agree, and and I don't want to overstate, no. you know, how much, uh, you know, there was lot, there was lots to love, uh, and yeah. you know, the characters were cute and funny, and um, and some of the some of the graphical touches were exquisite, like the stormy sea uh, mm-hmm. by the by the harbor mm-hmm. was just incredible, and the glowing crystals in the caves are just, you know, mouthwateringly gorgeous, and some of the use of um, yeah, it's it's hard to explain, but yeah, it's sort of right. use of paper to make effects like breeze on sand mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Just, just masterfully done and gorgeous looking. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, whether it was the 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 mute protagonist, or I mean, I know Sackboy is kind of mute as well. Um, <laughs> he only talk, he talks with the about But I never I never fell in love with the character in the same way. What? And there's there's just something about the world just left me a little bit distant to it, which made me really sad. I take no pleasure from saying that. And I know that's so thing as well because it's got the wrapper of everything I should adore about games. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. Some of the some of the things where you, you know the opening where you go into the screen almost you know you suck down into this world. It's utterly brilliant. I love the fact you know the user interaction of you know me being the sun. Um, you know the, the fact that you can create things and you know snow your own individual snowflakes and it's like it's got some absolutely perfect genius touches and that stuff every single one I loved and it put a smile on my face. Yeah, every time I went in, went off and just did the gaming part, there was a little part of me was going, yeah, this is this is pleasantly very nice, and yeah. it didn't have that. This I, who knows how to quantify it because something like Journey comes to mind where you, you know it's got all those kind of touches in itself and it's just that special little twist in it that speaks to me and who knows why um, yeah exactly yeah. and but that's not to, to downplay how what you guys feel because like i can see absolutely and i can see from other people's reaction how um you know this game really can suck you in in, in the way that other games that i know that i've been sucked in in the past but it's weird how i've managed to have this little barrier of some kind that just isn't isn't there and clicking for me and it's kind of like oh man i want to be one of those people that have, you know totally. i've seen this and the discussion and i know tonight i was going to come on the podcast and have the discussion and it's no hate towards this game at all because it it's it achieves on so many levels you'd have to be a cold heart yeah. to, be, yeah. to hate it um, yeah. but it doesn't have that magic click for me and that no. magic spark but i'm really, really interested to hear yeah. something from you guys um yeah i yeah i think I was sold on this game almost entirely the moment one of those characters early on speaks with a, a voice that is familiar to anybody who's watched more. And, <laughs> and the moment, yeah, I know, I know, yeah, he is, I know I've already subscribed to the YouTube channel, but the moment that that happened, I was, I was just so into it. I was just, I mean, the, the presentation, the, the use of papercraft and stuff yeah. was, 
It was Salt Finger Bobs, and I used to love these shows. And I think there's there's definitely a nostalgia trip for someone of of sort of my age, where it it just like that they, they got it, you know. They just they somehow just understood like the whole kind of nostalgia trip that I was getting from the it's game. It's interesting to see that plays across stateside as well. You know, it makes sense from Media Molecule how it it you know hits our you know childhood yeah. memories of stuff but I, I assume some of the, a lot of those shows didn't make their way out to the states yeah i don't, I don't know what you guys talking states, about <laughs> so we had a, basically sean i mean you had sesame street which is sure. one of the yeah. greatest uh, greatest programs ever ever in the history of the world but we had all this sort of um acid trip weirdness <laughs> <laughs> that were made by made by uh hippies um yeah uh stuff like uh morph who was a who was a an amorphous yeah. uh stop frame plasticine thing and finger bobs actually was presented by an american um uh he these were paper craft animals on his hands um yeah it was good stuff um but it's interesting you should bring this up tony because um in the uh the banjo kazooie podcast which uh isn't yet out at the time of recording but will be by the time anyone else hears this we actually had a similar conversation about banjo kazooie because obviously ryan was on that show uh Mm -hmm. 24 year old american um and so for me the references of that you know that childhood nostalgia that banjo kazooie evoked of um things like i don't know everything from the grot bags the witch to um uh fungus the bogeyman book and all that sort of stuff like didn't really mean so much to ryan he didn't even know that the music was based around teddy bear's picnic because that song is not really a thing over in america so it's interesting that these things can uh be evocative to people who don't, you know, necessarily get the references. And I guess, you know, we grew up with American, so Mm. much American TV that we didn't actually understand a lot of the stuff it was referring to. But I think that, um, you know, even if Sean didn't grow up watching a program that was literally about squeaky voiced plasticine things or paper, paper, paper craft animals, there must have been enough similar, you know, between He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and Transformers. (laughs) (laughs) I, I remember when the the game came out last year. Actually, the the fan reaction to it, the fact that you know this was a Sony product, which you know did. I remember at the time, you know, saying it it could teach Nintendo quite a few lessons about you know presentation, etc. Um, and I found that I actually found that really interesting to to see so much you know praise lavished towards Sony for actually you know trying something slightly different. It wasn't a big you know shooting game. Um, obviously, we've had a lot of those, and Sony have actually been very good at, at releasing that stuff. Um, but it seems you know to put a lot of eggs into you know Media Molecules basket again mm. to produce something for the Vita. Um, and it was, it was really comforting to see uh, you know like Sean said he he doesn't have a Nintendo platform and seeing people have that kind of reaction who didn't have a Nintendo mm. platform soak up that charming atmosphere um, mm. or you know slightly kid like atmosphere um, that maybe have been missing from certainly the Vita platform. It's totally cool that they uh, back this kind of thing, but at, at the same time, it's a little bit of trivia. Um, uh, Media Molecule is the only studio, Sony-owned studio, to make a Vita game and still be around. Oh, God. Um, yeah, they, uh, Unit 13 was Zipper's last game. Uh, Little Deviance was Big Big's last game. And Wipeout was uh, Liverpool's last game. It's interesting. Right. Little Deviance has a number of kind of little things that um, Terraway has as well. The whole finger stuff of the world, you know, Ultra in the Land, mm. etc. It's quite cool. Yeah, so I, I think they know that Media Molecule attracts a certain a certain audience that they don't get from their other studios. And I think they appreciate that. And that's why they keep them around. 
Any idea what they're doing next? No, they've been uh, mum on it for now. They, I think a lot of people thought they were going to be at E3, but I think there's a rumor that they're going to be showing off whatever they're working on at Gamescom. So almost certainly something for PS4. Yeah, it definitely is. On their website, they're currently hiring uh, several major roles for it, and it's their... I like the way they've worded it. It's their super secret, super ambitious, super <laughs> new project for PS4. So, yeah. Right, right. Uh, yeah, um, obviously, you know, we're not... <clears throat> the remit of this podcast is not to talk about the future of the Vita, but I think it's sort of a little bit relevant here in that this is one of the few games that perhaps was very well received mm-hmm. that was built around the Vita. Yeah. You know, this this one did critically better than almost anything else that was a Vita exclusive, mm-hmm. um, I would say off the top of my head. Um, and yet Sony have kind of said that, yeah, basically this machine is now going to be the home to, you know, smaller mm-hmm. little titles, mm-hmm. um, non, non-first party stuff, maybe some, you know, I don't know, more more indie stuff, inverted commas, mm-hmm. um, which I'm absolutely fine with because I don't, you know, and Kane and Rince as an organ doesn't, tries not to differentiate or pigeonhole but um but you know it could be relevant in terms of the fortunes of the machine um and i think that as much as i i think i've already given away that although i liked tear away i didn't fall in love with it as many seem to have done i still think that had more people been exposed to it they Mm -hmm. may have uh been sold on the capabilities of the console Mm -hmm. but i then on the on the other side on the flip side of that um maybe they would maybe the average punter having had tearaway thrust in their hands back to this again i'm sorry but would have had the same reservations about right now i'm touching the screen again why why am i tilting the console again why didn't we do all this with the wii and stuff (laughs) and the ds and um we don't use a stylus so i'm playing half this game through a really smeary greasy screen which is a shame because the graphics are really nice (laughs) um Stuff like that, you know, the problems I had with it include that sort of constant feeling that the screen looked filthy. Um, maybe I've just got particularly yeah. oily hands, <laughs> I don't know. But um, uh, but also the thing of I often, when I'm playing handheld, I like to lie on my back on the sofa mm. and playing uh, playing certain some of the sections in this game with the accelerometers. Oh, yeah. You <laughs> can't. You, you can't. You have to be sort of, you know, standing up, moving around, or at least sitting up. Yeah. You know? And I know it sounds awfully lazy, but <laughs> it's all these things which uh, conspire to make me less. I, you know, that that stuff. Again, I get the thing where you know you're going into that world, and that world's coming into your world, and it's it's a really cute gimmick, but it actually pulled me out of the experience instead of dragging See, I, me in. That's interesting because uh, I was playing I was playing Battlefield the other night and realised when I. After playing with the Vita and you're doing all this, this sort of, you know, with the accelerometers and stuff, mm. I realized that I do this anyway with every <laughs> game that I play because mm. every time I'm leaning around a corner, I'm tilting the controller <laughs> yeah. in order to do it. And I do it all uh. the time. And yet, I never, like, when I was playing it, my favorite level in the game is is one of the later ones, which I'm just, I can't, was it the tear or the, trying to think, which, oh, the traveler. You know, the one when you're inside the The one the with bus. the camper van. Yeah, the camper van. And yeah, yeah, it yeah. basically, you have to, like, do all that stuff. That's And it was my, that's my favorite level because you've got mm. to do all that stuff. And I mm. really liked it. Mm. I really kind of like trying to guide the ball. I mean, the puzzles were, as you said, they're, they're really simple, mm. but it's, 
I, I don't know. I just got such a kick out of doing that stuff because it never felt like I had to really swing about to, to, to manipulate it. In fact, sometimes you've, it's quite subtle movement you've got to do just to sort of get the balance right. You know, particularly when you're there's a, an earlier level which is like the cosmos type thing where you're jumping on like what look like Saturn's rings and you have to kind of spin mm. them around, and it was just that kind of you had to do quite subtle movements to to get that, and so it wasn't like you know you're wailing your arms around or anything, but you know. Sure. What I would say is the the tech is almost infallible, uh, other than as I say, and I think people who were early adopters of the Vita mm. commented on this straight away is that it you're for most people their fingers naturally will rest on the touchpad mm. which yeah, you know I've got pad. quite long fingers and it, yeah the back to the rear touchpad which can be an issue here you know again because death isn't punished it's not it's not a deal breaker sure. um but it do, it can mean you know some moments of irritation but overall all the tech the camera the accelerometers the touchscreen everything works Flawlessly. Yeah, you know, we've talked in past about controllers being built around around single games before they've been releasing in Mario sixty four yeah. and, and the controller. I kind of feel that's the same with um, Tearaway and the Vita. I, I think mm. you know, that that game is the showcase of what the Vita, you know, power lies behind mm-hmm. the Vita. Um, and if it was a launch title uh, rather than something like Little Deviants, which was a bunch of mini games, had a lot of the features in there that you see in Tearaway, but presented in a lot more kind of bit bitty form um, yeah. and more frus- you know, just more f- had more frustration than anything. Um, yeah. Didn't turn out to be a p- particularly good game. I, so I think if Tearaway was there from from day one, I think maybe it would have given a, a bit of a, a better grounding of, of what mm. really you could have used a lot of those features for. Because up until Tearaway, I just felt that the back touch of the Vita was just a wasted piece of plastic that could have made the mm. Vita, you know, a cheaper device if it wasn't on there. Although I love the the pattern on the back. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was like, that's brilliant. Um, but seeing you, you know, the fingers, you know, push through the world in in the way that they implement it in Terraway was really effective. And like I said, I've only played really probably a, you know a, half a dozen to a dozen beta games since I've owned the device. And every time I've seen the back touch stuff implemented, it's it's been more frustration. Um, I remember FIFA being the perfect example. We'd you'd kick the ball just randomly because your fingers are on oh. the touch, you know, on the <laughs> back touch. So all that yeah. stuff. So I, I just feel like you know. To, to criticise Terraway for having the features it does, I think if, if you took them out of Terraway, it would be a lot simpler game. And I think the story itself and the presentation itself probably still would, would make it a, a damn fine game. But I mm. I really think having the your fingers coming through the world in particular was really yeah. rather effective. And, and every time I, I did it, it put a smile on my face. But, mm-hmm. you know, the pulling the parcels apart, you know, that stuff's fine, but... You know, we've all played a billion touch-based games now. Mm. Um, a lot of the, the touch features we, we've seen elsewhere, but you know, the Vita has this one unique, really unique um, thing on the back of it. So yeah, that it's used and it, it's used well. Um, well I, so I, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if you took all that stuff out, it would actually kind of hurt the story because the, the story mm. is all about like the, his relationship with you and mm. your your journey together. And so if it, you know, so many touch-based mm. games have nothing. You know, they don't even. They don't take into account like the, you're actually making these movements happen, or at least have the breaking ones that the I played. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and it's breaking the fourth wall, but also kind of like including it because you're, you you are, 
probably like the secondary character in the game. You know, well, you, you are I, a god, I, aren't you? Yeah, right, you, yeah. You're, you're achieving these things. You're moving you are platforms. The humans. Yeah, you're yeah, the you are. <laughs> and so, like, if you took all that out, I think it would kind of. If the story stayed the same, it would. It would still be like a cute story, but I don't think uh, it would hit as many people because you know now people like me who, who are crazy about the game like feel like this was our story, not just the story of Tearaway. Well, I mean that that definitely plays into it. I mean, certainly by the end of it, where you've got, where you know, where it goes through the message, and, and right, yeah. it is absolutely to do with mm-hmm. you and him, mm-hmm. you know. And and uh, how, how did you guys get along with the drawing um, stuff? Tearaway for people that don't know has this fantastic mm. feature where you can you know, take colored pieces of paper. Yeah. Um, an early example in the game would be you had to create a crown for a, a squirrel. Uh, because it's the king of the squirrels. That seems fair enough. And mm-hmm. you have to, you're tasked with creating a crown. Now, of course, my limited drawing ability, I created the worst <laughs> crown in the world. Oh, yeah, it doesn't, too. yeah, it, it doesn't never punishes yeah, you it, for it, looks, it, doesn't it? Yeah. It looks like a, <laughs> you can make whatever you want. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure my 28 month old daughters probably would have created a better <laughs> crown than the one I did. And that's, but that's cool because at the same time, to see something that appalling on top of a game character's <laughs> head, and I went, Oh, yeah, and I did that. And then yeah. you know, looking at uh, on you know, looking just at some of the um, you know, or indeed a set of dismembered genitalia. You know, <laughs> that, that's your you choice, Leon. If you wanted to do that, that's cool. But <laughs> I, I may have done it. Once. I found that I had to use my little finger on to, to do that stuff, and it's difficult because I couldn't quite precise. sometimes see where the lines would meet up. So you'd end up with a gap, and then you've got to kind of and then the cut scissor cut yeah. wouldn't finish it, and then you'd still have a bit of paper, and you're like, what? Oh God! But it was yeah, just... you can't just pull it out like you would with a real bit of paper if it hasn't cut properly. <laughs> it doesn't pinch. It was yeah. Yeah, just the way that that happened. The first time that you do that in a game, I, I was so impressed with it when you had mm-hmm. where you got the little cutting board and the, the sheets <laughs> of paper at the top, and you've got to pull. Yeah, you choose the piece of paper you want, and then you know p- click on the pencil and draw draw what you want, and then there it is. And it remembers that stuff throughout the game, yeah, exactly. right, even right to the end. You've got your characters all all appearing with all the stuff that you've made for them, and it's mm-hmm. just like it shows everything back at the yeah. end, everything you've made mm-hmm. all the all the way through pumpkins, snowflakes, and, snowflakes yeah. and, 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 and all that. It's sort also of a thing. classic case of you know, oh, is it a limitation of um, you know the, the software, or is it just me, me being the hardware <laughs> that is rubbish at this? And then you go online and you know look at people's crowns yeah. they made oh, from scroll, yeah. and you're like, oh, my crazy. God. You go on and see the costumes where people have made. Um, you know all the various game characters mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and dressed him up like uh, <laughs> you know Half Life Two and stuff and Wolverine <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that and you just think oh man yeah I was like how the hell do you get gloves looking that good because mine <laughs> yeah, mine were like- the, yeah I mean and you're somebody you can you know draw in real life um, I mean you know I'm a passable drawer so I could make a perfectly acceptable crown and mittens and things mm. like that but beyond that yeah the, like the fact that you can't see what you're well, looking that, at that's, because your fingers in the way is an issue it's one of the things that makes me want to go back now and replay certain bits or redo certain bits because I want I can do a better moustache than that <laughs> you know and it's like I see that squirrel with this or you know and it's just like nah that's, that's I've got to do better than that so I want to go back <laughs> and, and, and it does this it quite often gives you the choice in the game when you go back to the character and he says, are you sure this is all right? And then, you, you know, you can redo yeah, it if fine. you want. And, yeah. It's strangely, I was quite proud of you know, some of my terrible stuff mm. and just putting moustaches and ties on pigs. Um, mm. <laughs> stuff like every pig I came across had to have a tie attached to it. It's just it become <laughs> one of those weird things. But equally, by the end of the game, when it, it's like, yeah, you can dress this person up, it was a case of, yep, I've, you know, I've spent and you know the best part of 20 25 minutes doing the first one um mm-hmm. the time i got to the you know the 15th character well, the ones to be dressed up i'm like yep yeah. here you go you have a, a pirate's patch good for you now move on 
Mm. And maybe, once again, maybe that's just me. I wasn't, uh, you know, by the end so fully engrossed in in, in mm. you know, the charm of the world. But it, it's one of those a few examples I think where they, they st- starts to yeah, it's a little bit outstay as welcome. But yeah, I I loved it at the very start and the snowflake thing. I know everyone. It's one of those things that is. It's a shame that was spoiled to me just by listening to podcasts, etc. But um, you know, creating your own snowflake and then seeing it snow and you know, <laughs> your terrible version of a snowflake coming down, <laughs> sticking in your face is is pretty pretty nice. I mean, they they said didn't they the that uh, everything in the in the game world has been made in real paper. Like, there's nothing that isn't makeable. Yeah. I mean, obviously because it's got that awesome thing where you can you get papercraft models that you unlock. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since Killzone, I've been so into this idea where you can Heavy download rain. these. Sorry? Heavy Rain as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll forget about that one, will you? Please. But have you made any of them, Jay? That's what I've I was downloaded them, but it's like the problem is finding the right quality paper because you need quite That's thick. That's the problem. Yeah, and it's like, and it's got to go through the printer, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, I will, but I've got them. I've still got the kills on files sitting there, and I still kind of fancy having little turrets on my desk, you know. And it's like, <laughs> but you know, I see this stuff, and then I like that kind of, like you said about breaking the fourth wall stuff. I love all that stuff where they they add all these creative little things that you unlock in the game, and then download them, and then make your own characters. The only the only thing I think they've screwed themselves out of ever making figures for these games because they basically give them all oh, away yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nah because most people couldn't be bothered to make them and uh you know plastic's more durable ultimately we'll come on to obviously there's there's some of this plays into the very end which which i actually thought was incredibly sweet um but yeah we'll come back to i certainly i collected i think i was on 40 something um papercraft models at, mm. when i last looked um and there are more there are plenty more that i haven't got so you could certainly use a lot of paper and make yourself a lot of paper models I, but again i i would imagine the percentage of people who've played tearaway um and who have actually made some of the paper craft is probably less than one percent probably yeah, well less, less than one percent yeah, a lot less but but it, for me yeah. it was a case of i wanted to make these things i thought it was a really sweet and neat idea and i, I kind of looked at the user manual and thought yes that's what that's fun but um maybe if i had little kids i'd do it tony quite possibly <laughs> quite possibly I'll, I'll get back to you in a few months but um it was the the fact that these you know the things that you to make you had to take a photograph and they were just these white blobs in the background and that just really threw me out of the world i was like that needs to be color <laughs> i'm gonna take a picture of that just to kind of absolutely re-energize yes. and that kind of stuff always mm-hmm. stick with me. So, and yeah, you've got a camera the whole time. You can take and photos. And you can buy <laughs> selfies, buy all these lenses and stuff. And yeah, that's that's all in there. Um, yeah, definitely want to talk about uh, the audio. Uh, mm. Jay's already mentioned the the cute voices, um, and I mentioned the fact that there's uh, you get to cr- record a couple of bits um, yourself. One a, a, a scary noise for a monster, uh, or a scarecrow rather. Um, my little growl. <laughs> became quite cute uh, when treated, um, and then you then you make a noise for, for that is supposed to be yourself, kind of thing later on, and it echoes around the uh, the latter stages <laughs> of the game. Um, but the main thing for me was the music, which is my favourite part mm. of Tearaway. Phenomenal by some distance. Yeah, yeah I absolutely love it. Again, uh, Brian Oliveira. I think um, I don't know no, who, uh, who did which bits, but Brian Oliveira came is is worked with Kenny Young but Kenny Young was the lead 
designer on the soundtrack as well. Okay. Kenny Young, he, he himself obviously is a, quite an accomplished musician and he plays a lot of um, Scottish fiddle and a- a- Appalachian music and a lot right. of that plays yeah, yeah. into the soundtrack and stuff. And mm. yeah, it's quite, yeah, it's, it's an unusual soundtrack because none of it really yes. kind of sounds like you'd expect mm. A game soundtrack to sound like it's it's got this real kind of folksy feel to it, and it's it's fantastic. It really is. It's just that beat yeah, and folk, spooky. Folksy is definitely the word. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and atmospheric. Because mm-hmm. um, I think you know, talking about those elements of the the paper world, that somehow, as much as I admire them on a on a visual level, and and, and thought you know just nothing but nice things about them, it didn't quite sell me the the world as being a real place in the same way uh, as some games do but the music certainly helped rather than hindered i think it, it felt like felt you know highly appropriate for this slightly weird sur- slightly surreal world um i like the very much the uh combat music it was incredibly funky and enjoyable i mean there's there's one of the tracks just trying to think what the title is i'm sure it's called the message and it's actually those guys singing on it with their voices treated. And <laughs> yeah. it's just, yeah, you listen back to it afterwards and you think, oh, wow, that's really, it's really, you know, it's it's quite impressively sung as well, considering that, you you know, you're doing all that work to it afterwards. Is that, but, is that the track that's just an acoustic guitar with them, like really high-pitched yeah. humming over it? Okay, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's interesting as well because Little Big Planet, they, it was always, they set the tone and the theme of, each area you're in, but it was mm, quite a seg- yeah. you know segmented game. Although it had the story section in in two, but um, I really felt that it was a very good driving force through the story. There was you know it mm-hmm. really felt like you it was pushing you forward when it needed to. Um, it was quite you know sad when it, it wanted. Mm-hmm. It's one of those ones where we've always said you know music can have a greater influence than mm-hmm. visuals on screen, and it it was one of those things very much where you know some gorgeous visuals and the music on top. You know I, I was sold on on certain points. Um, very much, and it's, it's you know seeing that stuff also appear in, in a Vita game. Not to not to say that you know lower production values hinder every single Vita game because some of them cost millions, I'm sure. But um, to see you know such production value on the soundtrack coming out of the Vita game was was really encouraging to see that you know such love and care had been you know equally lavished towards that than you know Little Big Planet etc. So it it made me want to buy the soundtrack. So yeah, we should talk about the the sort of the we're not going bit by bit through the narrative, but the but what happens is you are you're heading towards the U to um, which is your your face in the sun. Um, you keep nearly getting there, and then things happen to get you sent further and further away, and you end up going to various odd places, underground caves, a secret laboratory, the harbor, a mountain. Um, eventually run into a kind of doppelganger of yourself i didn't really get the what that was a lady about well it depends i think i assume it's if you're if you're if you're a girl it's a boy and if you're a boy it's a girl yeah obviously we're all we're all male here she was lost she never got sent she was just a part a post that got lost Mm. right so you you saved her and she finally got sent on a mission if i if i read that properly Okay. I actually found that quite sad mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. when she sort of like just disappears. And I kind of thought at that point you were going to have a friend, but it's just, <laughs> I don't know, when she sort of just sort of vanished. I get that it was meant to be a happy moment, but I actually found it quite sort of melancholy that he was like left alone again. But it's just, you know. I think I was just being obtuse. I just really didn't, I didn't understand the 
got this one section of the sense story. of melancholy, yeah. but like I didn't really know what what they were saying. Well, I mean, I, what I guess I'd like to hear from from Jay and um, Sean about you know, obviously you you did fall in love with the game mm. in that regard as the story. I, I I never felt like you know it was a journey to me towards the end very much so because they do a lot yeah. of that, you know flying through space and there's a couple of scenes in particular where you almost <clears> make it through the sun hole i.e the whole view in and they stop you and you know no the story doesn't end you know the story must continue there i thought they were really effective but it, it's not you know I, maybe I, I was expecting a little bit more kind of um what's the word um not virtual reality alternative reality just um, where where the environmental stuff maybe is made up of one or two items in your room or something like that. Mm. You know, just it, mm. the lack of him trying to journey to me, it would have been interesting if they made it a little bit different of actually time and place that had some relevance towards trying to get to me in a different world. Because the worlds felt very much like they were just, you know, game worlds that were made in, in, a, in a place, it just felt like I was just, journeying and then towards the end yeah i was moving in space to finally get out the hole towards me but the bits in between was just interacting in you know gorgeous worlds don't get me wrong you know it had all the the right tip boxes but there was a, a lack of interest towards me as the as the goal in the, in the environment if that makes sense I mean, i'm trying to make sense of it <laughs> well i didn't know i didn't feel that because throughout throughout a lot of the levels you see your pictures sort of yeah. plastered everywhere so there was all that kind of stuff that kept me sort of like that sense that I was part of this story, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, it got to the point where I was pulling faces. So, you know, you, you walk past the wall <laughs> yeah. and there's a big portrait of me sticking a tongue out of the camera <laughs> and stuff. And I, I yeah, I, you know, I hate you keep, we're going to use the word charming yeah, again, but it's just uh, that stuff. Yeah. Sold me on it, but it, yeah, I don't know. I, I got to, I wouldn't say, I see that some people were saying by the end, they had, you know, tears in their eyes and stuff. Mm. And, I definitely felt something when I got to the end. Mm. I definitely felt, you know, like, no, oh, you know, throat was perhaps tightening up a little bit, yeah. but it wasn't like <laughs> I was really, not the same, you, you know, other games have had far dude. more of, a, of an impact, <laughs> but it was still, I, I actually find it quite moving, but maybe for different reasons, because I saw the final moment that was like, he, he sacrificed himself to give me this message. It's basically his head is the envelope, so his head opens <laughs> up and it's just... And it's like, that was the whole purpose of his existence yeah. and now yeah, he's but dead. Then, then it's, <laughs> no, but the, the point was that you... like Because I didn't find the message in any way... Like, the, the message of the game, the message of the story, the message mm. that he was delivering, I just didn't... I, I was completely baffled when I saw some people said that they found it touching mm. or whatever because i just didn't get i didn't get anything from it at all i did i just don't i don't even know what you know what what they what they're getting at the, the bit where it said you know now make your own you know ah. uh mm-hmm. figure and, and <clears throat> take him into your world i thought that was yeah. really sweet but the the whole you know make your world a world of stories it's like well it already is <laughs> I, I demonstrably I, is i so struggle because like, i think i think some there's this part of this it's gonna. I don't know how to to word this really, but I think sometimes it's like we, we just get a little too cynical when we get old, and 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 I. But I love this stuff. You know me. Yeah, yeah, you must I know, have listened I know. to other. Just, you must but have this is what I'm saying. I, I really podcasts where I've yeah, you know, been I've there. been the yeah. one who's been yeah. there. Yeah. It just this game didn't ever connect mm. with me in that way. And and again, uh. I would never ever come on here and be all kind of like you know smugly aloof about it. It makes me sad. I want the I want those mm. feelings. You know, I absolutely wanted to get those feelings from this game. 
but I, I, I just uh, I'm so yeah. glad it did happen for you know, I, I do for some wonder of us. like and I think sometimes we're amiss because we haven't got like a 12 year old on on the show to sort of explain you know because I think in some ways yeah. I like that idea of of that this sort of the innocence of youth or childhood or whatever mm-hmm. if a child was playing this how how would they feel would, yeah. would they get because I felt that it was all very simplistic if not necessarily <clears throat> something that we buy into because it was a little too easy perhaps but i do think well if, if you were a younger player that's probably you yeah, know because I, mean, that's, that's like I ask, asking the question is it you know if you're a 10 year old would you understand the end of the journey um, <laughs> would it have the same impact as yeah and that, i mean that's a valid question and it's one that's really interesting to me um and maybe it is a, maybe it could even be and we've we've mentioned this on the shows before maybe it Hired expectations. It's one of those things that mm. you know, we try not to do in Kane and Rinse. It's one of the things mm. we've set up, which is not to cover games, um, you know, particularly in that zeitgeist moment where everyone's, you know, having those feelings. Mm. We you try to take a distance and, and look at it themselves. And but you know, it, it led mm. me going into this game knowing that you know some very respected people that I've enjoyed their reviews have done exactly that. Said you know, if you do not cry at this guy, at this game, then you know there's something wrong with you inside. <laughs> that can be like a gauntlet. Yeah, and, it's on, yeah, and, and I'm not, I've not even really heard. Yeah, and that. I'm just... certainly not walking into this saying, well, you know, I didn't cry, so this is why I don't like the rest of the game. Not at all. <laughs> no, no. It, it was more I... of a case of okay, like Leon said, I wonder what it was that had made them had those reactions because I can look at many games where we've talked about we we've cried at the end, and you know, so for me. Walking Dead, you know, the end of The mm. Walking Dead. Yeah, it's totally got me, you know, blubbery mess. Other people, maybe not so. But for me, and but I can understand where that one comes from. With this one, mm. it's a really charming ending. Don't get me wrong, but it was very, very much, you know, it was, oh, that's really, yeah. That's exactly I, how I felt. It was yeah. like, oh, that's nice. I, I kind okay. of, what's the, what's the catch? But Sean, <laughs> no, well, yeah. Well, um, <laughs> I didn't have, I kind of had a little bit of love in my throat, but I, I think it's more... Uh, you know, you're talking about Walking Dead and, and Journey and stuff, and I kind of see those more as like when people have super emotional reactions to those kind of games. It's it's generally sad crying. You know, you're sad because someone died at the end of one game, or you're sad because you're reminded mm-hmm. of death. So I think like maybe for some people, for Tearaway, um, you know, it was kind of like an overwhelming happiness um, that mm-hmm. kind of came over them. Mm-hmm. You know, because it, it's all about the story is about storytelling, and for some people, they don't really know much about storytelling or, or deal with it themselves. So I don't know. Maybe some people are just kind of overwhelmed with that. It's also also a redundant <clears throat> point because you know it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, we didn't. Leo and me didn't have those reactions. Yeah, no, absolutely. Other people did, and you know more power to them. And it, and it can't even really be used as a criticism towards a game because <clears throat> you know it, no, if some no. people did, then you know greater mm. power to to tear away no, from We're, we're reporting that. our mm-hmm. experience, and yeah, but the only reason we're we're reporting that is because we've seen other people have those reactions. In in, in it doesn't really. It definitely colours your expectations for sure, but yeah. it's, it, I, mm. you know, I, it, I mean, the end message is 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 kind of overwhelmingly positive mm. anyway, which is always a nice surprise with most games because yeah. you know the bleak ending is de rigueur these days, mm-hmm. isn't it? But it's like you know having this kind of thing where you know they basically say now go and enjoy your you know make your own stories and stuff. How can you how can you not love that man? <laughs> it's just you know. It's... But I, I don't know. It wasn't telling me like I I totally agree with the message and I think it's a it's a fine thing to say, but it wasn't something that 
needed saying. It was like, I don't know, to me, it didn't, the, the reason, like, I, I love a happy mm. ending as much as I love a sad ending. And, and I'm certainly as uh, susceptible to, you know, lumps in throats and all that sort of thing from from happy stuff, I think, as as sad stuff. But for whatever reason, it just didn't feel like a message that I needed to be told or that kind of yeah just mm. didn't resonate with was, me was that, that maybe mm. maybe on a different day i don't know but i mean uh, uh, was that maybe down to the characters in the game maybe you know i think that's it yeah like i think that is part of it like i didn't really as i say i never really had a connection like, i can't uh, so i've forgotten is the, the main yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. i never really had the same connection you know sack boy that what a great <laughs> great character and for all the frustrations i had working my way through little bit planet too like sat boy was always one of those things and you know i, I i've got a, a couple of sat boys sitting here right next to me because they're, they're a really cool rememberable character but it, mm. i just never had that same connection and I, I don't think it was due to the fact that you know i could dress him up any way i wanted to or anything like that um mm. maybe it was because he was more of a, a silent protagonist possibly so it's probably worth mentioning at this point the two human voices you hear in the game, um, the, the fortune teller and the green man. Um, so the fortune teller is a sort of Caribbean Jamaican voiced, uh, woman played by a British actor, Lorna Brown, who, uh, was in recently in Les Miserables, but probably you'll have seen her in things like Holby and the Catherine Tate show and the bill and all that, all that sort of TV stuff. Um, and the guy, the avuncular Northern Green Man, is played by Richard Ridings, who is a bit of a legend, um, British character actor, uh, as well as playing Buck, the uh, the heroic gorilla in uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. He's also in Pepper Pig, and he was Pigsy in um, uh, Enslaved. He's done lots of games, oh. Castlevania, Lords of Shadows, Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, but he, you will also see him crop up in uh, in things like Doctors and and you know Casualty and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, if if you see him in, he, he was the voice of the Dungeon Keeper, for instance. <laughs> wow, um, he's done all sorts of stuff. Yeah, uh, he's 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 really great. Um, but in this, like, so you've got these two very warm, friendly voices, um, and you know, I I again, I had nothing nothing bad. I didn't think anything bad about them at all. I thought they were nice. I thought they were pleasant, but I didn't really get what their purpose was as such. I think I'd have almost rather it was kind of less explicit, but again, you know, like you say, maybe if maybe for a, an eight to 12 year old, mm. I don't know. Um, I'm not saying it's, you know, that, you know, I love lots of childish stuff. I went gooey over Kirby's epic yarn, but I don't know. Well, for, for, for Sean and Jay, what, what did those what did, were those characters important to you or i got to say there wasn't enough richard riding's voice in this mm. uh, as for the characters i don't know you know they just they just seemed to be like the overseers they knew exactly what was going on but they just were deliberately vague about it mm. so it was just you know I, I i didn't really pay much attention to them as characters per se i just sort of went through that they you know would almost narrate certain bits of it anyway so mm. Um, which I thought was pleasant enough. I just, it, it just, I didn't, I wasn't invested in those characters whatsoever, really. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I, they, I, they had great voices, and I, I enjoyed listening mm. to them. But I was way more into the direct story of of me controlling it, Iota, than their kind of interpretation yeah. of it. So mm. did Iota get under, you know, talk to you more than than Sackboy? Yeah. Uh, that, uh, that's what I was going to ask you. Because I mean, the com- companion, you know, comparing things to things is always 
you know, sure, I the guess, wrong route yeah. to go down. But it, there was a there was a distance with that character that he didn't get under my skin like other characters had, and I felt like maybe there was something I was missing by the end. Maybe that was the the click. You know, if I'd been mm-hmm. really you know, invested in him as a character to to see him finally achieve his journey mm-hmm. uh, and open up and deliver the message. I felt I felt the emotions of that's a good thing and you know good on him and what a nice message. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel like he had achieved his entire you know one life goal and this is you know the big moment for him to to do this. And maybe that was just I I didn't get inside of you know literally that character's head. Oh, I I don't know I, I I totally fell in love with him and it's it could just be totally superficial because I think he's the cutest thing on the planet like I don't know. Um, yeah I thought he was great I I don't know maybe it's just like uh, for for that very reason I'm just not very uh, well versed in in you know nice cute stuff so <laughs> no I, th- I think it's a very different sort of thing and I think on the I think my uh, my feeling is that. Uh, like Tearaway is actually a, a more sophisticated kind of cute than Nintendo stuff, mm. for instance. Um, and, you know, uh, I have enormous nostalgic affection for all sorts of British stop motion animation. And a lot of, we used to get a lot of, uh, you know, European stuff as well mm-hmm. over here. And there's a, there is a class to it. And there, and like Tearaway has a real class to it. I mm. think um, everything about it, but for whatever reason, like for all those inexplicable, unquantifiable subjective reasons i i have a similar response to it to tony i want to have felt like certainly like jay it makes more sense for me to ally myself with jay in this because i know he he has similar reference points to me as same age same nationality Mm. i wanted absolutely wanted to fall for it in that in that way and just look at this world and feel like wow what a magical childhood world and look at this adorable character and god i wish there had been a show of this when i was Mm. a kid and but for whatever reason, exactly like Tony said, this character and and this world, as much as I admire it and its craft, is just staggering, astonishing. Mm-hmm. It didn't make me feel gooey inside, and and and, I, and I'm so disappointed about that. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's obviously you know there, there, we'll see also from our three word reviews and correspondence coming up shortly mm-hmm. that. There is a divide, mm-hmm. and I think that's interesting, um, more so than with other kind of these kind of things. So for whatever reason, whatever the the X factors are involved here, they they, they there seem to be perhaps more, you know, it's it's a, it's a click or it doesn't thing somehow. It's interesting. Mm. I, I wish I you know well we can you can't quantify no, this stuff. No, I, I feel like we we haven't done the graphics enough justice. Do go. Do more graphics. <laughs> we, we kind of we, we keep alluding to them, but really they are phenomenal in this game. I I I am today. I just you know just you know relooking and, and watched a couple of gameplay clips and just to reframe myself. Been three weeks down the road, and just seeing maybe seeing it from a slight distance and actually not playing with it allows you to appreciate it just mm. a little bit more. Yeah. Mm. Um. You know, yeah. you you have to play. I, I'm a full, full full believer. You have to play a game. To, to really understand that game but mm-hmm. yeah, you know, to, to watch it once again um, just being played uh, and seeing the sea wash up on the side and having paper mm-hmm. you know stop motion kind of paper techniques being you know great big waves coming up and down um, seeing a fish jump out of the water but almost in one of those kind of onion pill things where it's just like the bones are there mm. and it kind of stretches out as it goes up, but as it goes back in, it all kind of crunches back together and becomes a fish mm. just as it hits the water. <laughs> and it's like, Jesus. And the watching the waterfall and the snowflakes, um, the mountains, the trees, everything, everything is made out of a piece of paper. And mm. 
that's it's it sounds really quite twee, but whether it's that kind of Sony slightly as you said, Leon, slightly grown up way, they really sell it. It really feels like this world. Um, as much as I wasn't, you know, I, I wanted maybe a bit more from the world. I love the fact I would just stop and look at a a flower that they designed and go, mm. wow, and just walk around it and go. <laughs> That's really impressive that mm. yeah, you could achieve that by just by papercraft. And the fact that, you know, you have previously said that this stuff, you know, I, I think, Jay, you said all this stuff could be made yeah, I mean, outside they, of the they, game, even, you know, even from the ones you could shoot is just incredible. There's, there's, because uh, I, I say I read their blog quite a bit whenever they post, really. Um, there was a whole sequence of photographs showing them all sat around the table, all the various, you know, staff making papercraft models of things like trees and, and stuff just to, you know, it's, it's, and yeah. It's also forging that route because we, we've always talked about, you know, games, artistic style versus, mm. you know, graphical prowess. And it, it's, you know, once again, there's been you know fantastic games in the past that still, you know, look at Wind Waker, for instance, you know, yes, it's an HD re- remake, but you could play the GameCube version and it still yeah. just looked phenomenal mm-hmm. for a game that that, you know, is, a number of years old now and i think terror away will fall perfectly in in that place that you can play it in another you know 20 years time and go good god that game looked great and it's mm-hmm. because they just they forge their way they make it unique they make it their own they said the same thing with little big planet it's one of the things i've never had criticism with media molecule is their their effort down you know down to t- detail originality um just pure craft and technique of what you know computers can achieve if you go off the beaten track from the Unreal Engine, mm. and that stuff has to be applauded. If 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 nothing else, I'll take yeah. from Terraway is that the fact that you know Media Molecule are, are doing it, and they're doing it in such you know class that not many other people can get close to that stuff. And I mm. think you know if I was compare this to the Nintendo stuff, I think that's where it at least stands up toe to toe, if not beats Nintendo on on some of the occasions where you know it really gets that stuff just just spot on even mm. if it doesn't for me personally get that charm just right like some other Nintendo stuff would have done I, I think having a strong sort of visual impact of of any game I mean it's the same I think back at the games that stand out to me over the last 20 years you know games like Jet Set Radio even now I still yeah. love the way that game looks because it had such a distinctive visual style to it and I think that is totally what Terraway has it's it's you know and, and to some extent even like things like kirby's epic yarn where they use that you know the whole That's super yeah, yeah exactly and it, the, these games stand out if i in some cases because i enjoyed the game as well but in in most cases it's it's the visual design that sort of hits you and and remains with your sort of you know with your in your visual memory kind mm. of thing because it's so distinctive and it's so kind of in a, of a world of its own kind of thing it's just yeah mm. it's like you say i wish i wish more developers would take chances with visuals in in some ways even like the other week when we're talking about the sort of borderlands thing mm. you know the way that they they change the visual style of that from something gritty and realistic uh, you know to something a little more cartoony it made the games it to me that's what stood out to me about it it's you know, and this game is sublime at times with the the, the visuals. You know, because the paper looks like paper, mm-hmm. and yeah, and it's just. How, how it's they, also you know, but, when you like you're standing next to the wave. You don't. To me, I don't hear waves crashing. I hear paper folding. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of scrunching. It's like yeah, you know, it's, it's because it feels like it's paper coming against those rocks rather yeah. than you know waves. And but they pull it off in in both respects to that. It's it's only now that you mention it that it's actually stood out to me. Yeah, all the sound effects mm-hmm. were paper. Like you know, <laughs> it's like how how the hell you know? Yeah. It's just 
I'm actually wondering if, um, as I say, as much as I completely admire it on a, you know, uh, on a level of craft mm. and things like that, um, maybe I'm, maybe the reason that I didn't connect with the whole thing as much as I wanted to was because everything is paper. Mm. I think one of the things that I really love in games, even if, you know, even if the graphics have aged, like in something like Banjo-Kazooie that I've been playing recently, mm the different sounds you get off snow and the feeling of heat you get off lava and all that sort of stuff. Um, it, whether it's a serious game like an Elder Scrolls game where you're in a swamp and you've got the sense of the, 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 the wetness and the textures there, that's the stuff that really sells me a world where maybe the fact that everything was paper actually is what kept me at a distance mm. from Tearaway's world. That's really yeah. interesting. Maybe that's all Could it be. is. Huh? And in a way, I'd kind of say like then... You know that unfortunately it's not the game that like you for you and in 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 just that respect you know um, I don't know if that makes any sense. How do you feel about Paper but Mario? That said, <laughs> well, I like Paper Mario, um, but again, yeah, I think I you know as a game, I think there's probably more you know going on with the RPG mm. elements. And I'm, I was just thinking about um, Wind Waker. Obviously, that's cell shaded, but even though it's sty- it's highly stylized, you've still got um, very different. You know, uh, you've got a lot of lighting, mm. and you've got different. I'm not saying there's there isn't some gorgeous mm. lighting in Tearaway, but you've got the sense that even if it's stylized, the the water is still water, mm. and mm. the fire mm. is still fire. Whereas in everything this, was paper. everything yeah. is paper, yeah. And you know, I've got nothing against paper. <laughs> You're a big um, fan. Well, other than my rip <laughs> paper my hater, um, but yeah, but um, but in itself. It's. Uh, it, I don't find it a very inspirational substance. I suppose <laughs> Thing, things that can go on. Oh, it, yes. them fighting um, words right there. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Just the whole of literature. I, I'm only trying to analyse um, because you know, as I say, no, you you could be onto good. some of there because that that was certainly the thing. Like going back to what was, I said right at the start, the first trailer that hit, I was like, oh wow, look at that, you know, yeah, and it was yeah. the whole paper world thing that just. You're, you're a proper artist. Like, you probably fetishize different <laughs> kinds of paper and stuff like that, don't you? I mean, in a good way, you know, like different, um, whatever they call it. Grades. <clears throat> different grades. Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously, you can get your really, you know, your thick, fancy sort of Corrugated. Oh. Corrugated paper <laughs> and sh- sugar paper. Like, we, that's what I imagine when you're doing the cutting out bits on the, on, on the game. I did imagine that that was um, like sugar paper. Um, that mm. stuff you used to cut at school and then you used to put in your mouth and you say, because yeah. it's tasty because it's sugar paper. And you'd make, I don't know, like fire, pictures of fireworks with streamers on for bonfire night and pumpkins for Halloween. That bit had that sort of nostalgia for me. And I think maybe that's why it's one of my one of the bits I kind of felt more fondly disposed. But at the same time, you, you had towards. the real elements of using the camera the, from the Vita. You said you had your face <laughs> plastered on the piece of paper. Mm. It's kind of weird. Yeah, but as I say, if anything, that... That sort of served to that stuff, seeing my face in the game and, you know, seeing my craggy middle-aged features <laughs> in the game just served me, it served to remind me that I'm that I'm there playing a game, whereas normally my, my mindset when I'm video gaming is to be utterly immersed, mm. whereas having something sort of showing you actually playing the game, like, in a way it's a cute, it's a cute, you know, sort of gimmick, but in part partly it, it didn't work for me to actually sell me the world so much as distract me from the world so yeah it's all it's all subjective mm. and i you know i feel like i'm talking more because i always do but being more 
you know, being more negative than is is probably justified. But it's yeah, more more of a process of analysis, mm. really, just trying to understand why I didn't get all the feelings I wanted. <laughs> Damn you! Uh, shall we move on to uh, the community mm. then? See what they thought. So these are from the forum. Uh, exclusively, but uh, you can also email us uh, at podcast at canarince.com. But uh, chiefly, come and join us in our community, canarince.com slash forum. And let's start with Ruben. Ruben says, uh, the only game that makes me smile and shows me doing it in an endless feedback loop, sublime. Also, the first time in my long gaming career that I've been inspired to immediately replay levels to catch achievements. Hmm. And uh, Quench Design says, Tearaway is a joy in a world of head-popping combos and gritty character issues. Media Molecule have drawn on their previous experiences to make something with the sole purpose of putting a smile on your face, no matter your age. On paper, it sounds like a tech demo gimmick, a platform solely created to show off all the features of the Vita. But what it actually manages to do is make the Vita an integral part of playing the game. A bridge between you and the game, not just a plastic thing you jab at occasionally to progress. The first time you use the rear touchpad to interact with the world is, for me, one of those special gaming moments that no other medium could manage. And the game continues in that vein, revealing new and progressively interesting ways that you and Iota, or Atoy, can manipulate the game world through the Vita, whether it's using the camera to create a new coat for an elk, or the touchscreen to peel off platforms to use. It's impossible to not get wrapped up in the world and the mechanics. Tearaway also gifts you one of the finest pleasures in video games, the chance to be creative. Many's the time when you're given a literal blank page to design an item of clothing or a badge for a character by drawing on the Vita itself. And no matter what you create, the game heralds your creation as success. My, uh, my Iota spent half the game with a triumphant set of genitalia stuck to his forehead, <laughs> but even this act of silliness isn't enough to break the game. It just makes the experience more yours and more fun. On the downside, the combat is a little dry and repetitive, despite Media Molecule changing and evolving the enemies throughout the game, requiring, requiring new techniques to beat them. When the play area gets cordoned off and scraps pile in, I kept hoping it would be over soon so I could continue with larking about. As a gamer, Tearaway makes me proud. It feels like the perfect example to show to people who think gaming is all guns, swords and wasted time and say, there you go, that's why I play games. It's an experience I can't wait to introduce my kids to one day as it's the perfect combination of inspiration, creativity and fun. Obviously he doesn't leave his genitalia pictures splatter, it'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, so the similar thing to that happened uh, to um, my friend's copy of Animal Crossing. Uh, you remember you could uh, add a word to their. What speech. is wrong with you people? <laughs> and then, and then, and then, and then his, and then his wife's. Uh, oh. oh no! Nieces came round and um, asked what this English words, four-letter English words, starting with C meant. It means happy time. Um, <laughs> it certainly does. But uh, he, he did mention something there about the fighting and the scraps and. Um, I I mm. actually enjoyed the fighting stuff in there. I thought it it didn't really outstay yeah, as well. I did, I'd, yeah. Had a little bit of technique to it. I quite enjoyed kind of the dodge roll and then picking them up and throwing them. Certainly the ones on the stilts. Mm. And um, once you got the squeeze box, it was, oh yeah, uh, mm. I thought it was yeah. great fun. Um, mm. And the, like the, Jay said, the, the kind of bigger bit at the end where you had to do multiple things and stuff. I, I thought that that stuff worked really well. Um, so glad it didn't actually outstay its welcome. The fighting stuff it was easily could have fallen down that stuff down mm. that uh, down that rabbit hole. Uh, Sean, can you read Robotic Monkeys, please? All right. Robotic Monkey says, if you own a Vita and don't have Terraray, really do try and get yourself a copy as it's a perfect example of what the Vita can do. Every feature of the Vita is used throughout the game and in a way that never felt forced. 
Every time my face popped up in the sun, I couldn't help but pull a stupid face and grin at the camera. From coloring in reindeer to decorating a cute little piggy with a bow, the game keeps giving you chances to color in the world around you, and your changes keep cropping up throughout the game, so I never felt like all of your tinkering was pointless. I like how you have to add decorations to your character, like adding a tattoo so the pirates will let you in no bar. I like how by the end of the game, I was all decorated with things from the places I had been to. Sometimes the camera can make platform jumps tricky, but given that there is virtually no penalty for death, things never got frustrating. The music and sound effects were a perfect complement to the game and set the tone perfectly. I could listen to the pig writing music on a loop forever. Even though games like this never existed when I was young, the game feels like my nostalgic gaming youth. There's so much about this game that puts a big childish grin on my face. Nice. Uh, talking about the, uh, Thanks, the difficulty curve, there was a, a one particular platform I died on, I think it was four or five times on. For whatever, I couldn't mm. quite get the, the jump right. Didn't really, it wouldn't bother me. But um, it got to the point where I, I think the game just put me past the platform. <laughs> it went, yep, well done. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah, didn't I achieve that one it. one time you know? where <laughs> I think you, if you come in the vicinity of the checkpoint, it sometimes triggers it, so yeah, you can get away with that. Yeah, sometimes. sure, you made it. <laughs> yeah, depth was sometimes an issue. I, th- I found because because of the nature of the world, even though it wasn't <clears throat> you know three D, it's all made of paper. So I think sometimes it's hard to see, and the shadows weren't always super clear. But yeah, lack of punishment. Tony, Mister Pitwar. Pitwar said, "I heard all the rave reviews regarding Terraway, but didn't pick it up right away, and rather waited for the Christmas sales. I eventually picked it up, and while I would say I did enjoy it, I didn't fall in love with it like with it like many people did. The odd thing is, I can't put my finger on what it was that didn't grab me. The game looks and sounds great. It has clever use of beta tech and didn't outstay its welcome. Yet I feel a little underwhelmed when it came to the end." I'm looking forward to the podcast on this one, as it may shed some light on the things I missed during my playthrough that make it such a standout game for so many people. Yeah. Say, there's another cynical, soulless (laughs) (laughs) individual. Hey, don't fall into that. (laughs) We were equally looking for the light to be shed. We just have different souls. Jay, Andy's? Yeah, Andy Kurosaki. um, Tearaway is an excellent game. As has been said, if you own a Vita, you should really play this. The gameplay is fun, the story is original and interesting, and pretty much every move the Vita can showcase is used perfectly. Creating your own items to be used in the game world is a very nice touch. Admittedly, I used every opportunity to draw adult material uh, that ended up with me laughing throughout most of the game. Chris Spann of the Recycle Bin podcast uh, contributed to the forum for the first time. Welcome aboard, Chris. He said, the first time I played Tearaway was at Eurogamer Expo, as it was the stand opposite Dark Souls and uh, Dark Souls 2, presumably, and there was nobody at it, although everyone was wearing those stupid hats they were giving out. I was wrapped instantly, and knowing the game was on its way was part of the reason I bought a Vita in the first place. I'm sure loads of people will talk about the visual style and general atmosphere in the game, but the thing that struck me was how wonderful the music was throughout the title. I actually found the combat to be intensely satisfying as well, if simple. Diving out of the way of the little box dudes before flinging one at his pals never got old, and there was just enough variation for you to have a little think about how you were going to approach each situation, especially when the arenas contained bouncy (laughs) things and holes and things you need to blow on and... Oh God, it's doing that thing that good good games do where talking about them makes me want to play them. (laughs) All right, Sussifer says, It's not often you can say that a game just couldn't be done on any other platform. Terraway was such a unique experience, and not just in that it was a game made out of papercraft, 
but unique in that the world that you played in was yours and yours alone. Nobody would play the same game. Little touches like taking pictures, textures, or creating your own patterns for the snow, etc. I hate the word charming when describing a game, but Tearaway was charming <laughs> from start to finish. Only the third game ever to make me shed a tear as well. He's keeping a tally. <laughs> Battle Kipper says, This is my favourite game on my favourite console. It was a joy to play from start to finish, and a game I can see myself replaying on a yearly basis. Battle Kipper loved this game. There you go. We always like yeah. to end on the most positive. But yeah, it was, it was an interesting split. Mostly positive, though, as you'd expect. And also, we have a selection of three-word reviews from Twitter. We always ask for these on the day of uh, recording, pretty much, when we remember. We know we do. At uh, Kane and Rince. You should follow us on Twitter if you don't already anyway. Um, please do. Stuff is there. Starting with Simon. Jay. Uh, Simon A. Deliver the message. The Lynx Defect says, nice enough, but... Zach Smart says, tactile paper fun. Darcy Jabby says, imaginative, beautiful world. Uh, Lane Stryker, delightfully smile-inducing. John Timmons says, a playfully papery <laughs> pleasure. Six Killer says, Vita ownership, justified. Justified. <laughs> Um, Alan Wilkinson says, beautiful looking sun. I agree. My sun was beautiful. <laughs> the black hole that it was. <laughs> uh, Routunes, paper cut paradise. And Quench Design again says, rip roaring success. And finally, Xavier Fox Shandy says, whimsy filled wonder. Lovely. And now we must summarize. And uh, I put myself first this time, unusually, um, because I felt that I might be the most negative, even though I'm not really that negative. Um, I like Tearaway and I, I really admire it. Um, but there were a few things that meant it fell short of my hopes for it. Um, I think, as I've, I've used the word several times, but I think it it is artful and and I know it's a pun, but the craft in putting a game like this together is extraordinary. And in so many ways, I found sections of it and sequences, um, you know, just so admirable. Some of the areas look exquisite and the soundtrack is just glorious. All that stuff, wonderful. But the problem I had was that I never felt fully engaged with it as a game as and as a game world. I think we've, you know, by hook and by crook, possibly established that part of that is the fact that it's all made of paper. It means that it doesn't quite tickle those parts of my brain that some games do in terms of creating an environment. So even though I'm looking at it and thinking, that's brilliant, and it, and it does have that element of children's TV nostalgia and the stop frame animation stuff and the paper craft stuff, it didn't quite go into that part of my brain that makes me just want long to explore a world and be in it um, forever. Similarly, I didn't really have any, I didn't find anything moving about the message or the story or the delivering of the message. Um, the end was greeted with a, oh, it's nice. <laughs> um, and that's done. Um, 
and another another sort of big element that I think meant the experience wasn't what I wanted it to be was even though I knew, of course I knew going into it, this was a game that was about demonstrating the capabilities of the Vita. Um, for me in reality, uh, I certainly, you know, things like moving the camera around is, is pretty fun and cool. Um, the touch screen occasionally, pushing your finger in the world, it works and it's cool, but ultimately I just kept thinking my goodness, my screen's covered in smears and why am I holding, why have I now got to hold this console at a ridiculous angle where I can't really see it properly or I'm facing it into the light and the window so I can do some platform or other. Um, I guess I really am maybe a bit of a Luddite when it comes to controlling games. Do you you suffer that generally with all Vita games that require touch stuff? I tend to... um... I mean the smeary screen thing. I have a I have an issue with on iPhone. I mean you know I yeah. use my iPhone all the time, um, and but that's the only yeah, input on that device. Have, so you know, mm. yeah, you exactly. Slightly slightly greasier fingers than 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 his average. I don't know what the average is, but um, <laughs> it's not something I enjoy about uh, touchscreen stuff. Is is the constant feeling that the screen is grubby, um, and sometimes visibly so. You know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I I just prefer touching things with a stylus. I I don't have a problem. There's some really cool stuff on DS that you do with a stylus, thinking like drawing maps and annotations on Zelda Phantom Hourglass and stuff like that. I'm 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 very cool with that, and uh, and some of the stuff on the Wii U as well. Um, So I'm not completely averse to non-traditional controls, uh, but I'd say overall I don't I don't get on with them as well. I do. I think part of my immersion in games. I need to be doing that incredibly familiar thing and not sort of moving my physical body in the world. That said, Rock Band is one of my favourite games of all time. So, <laughs> who knows? So to uh, sum up, <laughs> sum up, I'm a, I'm a mess of contradictions. No, I, I I think if you have a Vita, you should certainly um, get hold of and play this game, and you you might love it as much as many of our correspondents and and contributors do, um, or you might be left ever so slightly disappointed. But like me, with the lack of depth, the lack of challenge, the fact that I found it, sorry, paper thin. Yeah, nothing terrible about it. Um, far from it. But I didn't love it like I wanted to. And that did make me a bit sad. Tony. I don't know if I can top that. <laughs> uh, pretty much everything that, that Leon has already um, mentioned that I, I agree there's there's a barrier there that stopped me from falling in love with this like many games of its ilk that um, I have done so so graciously <laughs> in other times and I don't think it's I think I don't think it's the hardware I think they, they make the best of you know absolutely the best use of the hardware that I've ever seen on the Vita and they should be applauded that and I don't, I don't even think it's the visual style I I so I I really did enjoy um, the way it's looked but as Leon said, maybe that was the barrier. Maybe that was the little thing that just just stopped me from falling in love with it. And it's it's so hard to talk about a game like this, which you know I I know is very much um, and loved, and and even you know Jay and, and Sean, you know you know they they really 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 got to them. So that and that's good. That's I, I'm so glad that exists. But for me, I I kind of it's one of those ones where I finished playing and I went ah did I did I miss it? What what did I miss? Damn. Do I need to go and research this? And I, and I know that's not the feeling you should have when um you know you play these games. So, but I 
Yeah, I I think if you if you have a Vita, it's one of those must plays. It's it's really as charming. It's not. It's certainly not a bad game. It's a really good game, um, but it's a game that just didn't speak to me on on the level I expected it to, and um, you know that's that's a shame. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's hard to quantify, and it's it's. You know, we we do certain shows where where that just happens. You know, we no doubt we all expected to to come in here and have a you know not a love fest because we don't do that, but it's just you know have a a conversation about you know each person why they fell in love with it as I expected that to be. Yeah, and you know I expected yeah. to be the one going, oh, and I, yeah, that's that's hard, but it wasn't. It was both Lee, me and Leon, and that's interesting. And actually seeing the correspondence makes me believe that you know there is you know there's some bits of this game that doesn't click with other people. And that's mm. not a bad thing. That, that doesn't matter. So I like it, um, but it, it just falls short of that magic marker that um, yeah, I think other people have fallen in love with. Indeedy. Jay, then. Well, now you're going to get the love fest. Yeah, do it. <laughs> oh, no, <I'm> <laughs> that's how we like to do it. Yeah, I mean, you guys have already mentioned that, you know, if you have a Vita and you haven't played this, or haven't even tried the demo, then you're doing yourself a disservice, I think. You know, I do think it's a must-play. Um, it's the only game on the Vita that I've actually completed. <laughs> so I don't want to sound too sort of dismal towards the end. It's just that I've, I know I've been effusing about it, and that stuff remains said. It's just I enjoyed every moment of it. I thought that the, the sort of all the features that they implemented, the paper craft and all that kind of stuff, I just, yeah, it, it stood out to me quite substantially it always has i think you know i'm I'm always struck by a sort of a strong visual design in things and it's just that that's kind of that's what the hook that got me got me into it anyway i mean the fact that that um, the molecules themselves are, are a studio you know a very individualistic sort of sense of quite a progressive studio as well i think mm-hmm. in, in many ways um so i'm always interested in where they go and what they do so you know i, I i've got a a lot of respect for him. So it's, uh, yeah. Nice. Let's finish with Sean. I, I want to eat tearaway. Um, so it's the, mm, yeah. okay, great goodness. <laughs> um, I know everyone says that if you have a Vita, uh, you should play tearaway. And I agree. I, I go in further though and say that, um, tearaway is a game worth buying a Vita for. Uh, I, th- I think everybody should play it. Um, I was, I don't, I don't, like I said earlier, I don't play many games like these and that maybe that's why it spoke to me a little more than I expected it to. Um, but, or, or maybe not, maybe it really is just that, uh, endearing and, um, yeah, it's, I loved it from start to finish and it, and it, it bums me out so much that I'd, I'm pretty sure we could all imagine that there won't be a tearaway too. Um, because the, the over the, the story is about sharing the story and sharing stories and this story doesn't seem to have been shared with that many people <laughs> um which is a real bummer yeah. um and i i think iota and atoy are are incredible characters and i think that they could they could have been like awesome mascots in the future for for Sony and just and just in, for games in general. And it's just that it's it's a real bummer to me that it hasn't really performed um, as well as I think it deserves. So um, mm. yeah, I, maybe, I, they, they, hmm? so maybe they could be a tear away for one of the you know a console PS4. Yeah, maybe so I, I'm, I'm always 
I think this is always the reaction, though, isn't it? Always, whenever we enjoy a game, we always kind of want to see a single. Yeah, and, and, and there's part of me that feels like I kind of feel conflicted about it. Although I'd like to play something with the with the same kind of aesthetic and charm that this had, but I'd rather I'd, I'm more interested in seeing what new stuff they oh, can come yeah. up with. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I think. Yeah, but and then in the same vein, you're know, going back to Media Molecule in in the sense of you know Little Big Planet was mm-hmm. a great idea and then was arguably you know perfected not not for me but yeah arguably for many people perfected in in its sequel. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but the, the the thing is, the sequels never like a sequel will always more often than not improve mechanics mm-hmm. and aspects of the first game but there's never the excitement for a sequel yeah, that you get true. with the first game and mm-hmm. it's that excitement that i that i really love i love seeing like that like i said that early trailer and seeing the the papercraft world and stuff that got that that's kind of what you you never get that with a sequel mm-hmm. once the first one's hit that's it and it's it's you know i kind of like that magic that moment that you think mm-hmm. wow yeah there are ways of twisting things, making them, you know, fresh and exciting again. Thinking of, you know, like Mario Galaxy was the however many, how many, however manyth mm. Mario game, yeah, iteration mm. or whatever. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it was a it was a significant change. But things, you know, things sequels, Resident Evil Four, you know, sometimes a sequel can pretty much reinvent the mm. wheel while still keeping a lot of what's good about what's gone mm-hmm. before so i don't think it has to be you know just a kind of um yeah like a dull predictable iteration yeah. there could be ways of using other tech i mean obviously the <clears throat> the ps4 for instance has uh cam- camera mm-hmm. capability although it's not obviously bundled in um it has a touchpad mm-hmm. on the controller uh it has um does the controller well you've got a, you've got a head yeah i'd kind of like them to work in where you use both if they did something where you could use both systems together in unison, mm. you yeah. know that kind yeah. of thing could really kind of it would it would help. You know, I don't know. Who knows? But I'm sure they'll still. I think you know their strengths are obviously making these um, sort of. I don't know. They're 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 worlds that are you know out of childish mm-hmm. imaginations in a, and i mean that in the best possible way you know little big planet is all big buttons and matchboxes and you know all this stuff that you know make up imaginary worlds like when you're a kid you take a you take a single cardboard box and put some foil in it and you've got some sort of you know trash compactor from star wars mm-hmm. or something like that that sort of idea um so whether they'll continue to do that obviously you know feel good and how and nintendo made kirby's epic yarn kind of sewed up the yarn (laughs) (laughs) thing um cancel the show (laughs) but (laughs) cancel (laughs) i fired myself um all right then so that's tearaway an interesting uh blend of opinions no more paper uh puns and uh no more you can have one more charming for good measure (laughs) Um, and then so it just remains for me Leon Cox to thank Jay, Sean and Tony and to tell you that next time in issue 139 the joy of permadeath will be expressed in our Fire Emblem podcast